Joining me now in studio from DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Serbian reactionary Dayon Kovacevic. Dayon, what's your take on the reported Patrick Hornquist trade being holed up by insurance issues, we're told, but uh, it seems to be uh, 99% certain anyway? Um, it does, but uh, we were told just about 15 or 20 minutes ago that, uh, and I I quote semi-directly here, that the media is getting ahead of itself on this. So I don't know exactly what that means. Well, if that's the case, maybe they shouldn't leak it. Well, I don't know that they did. This sort of thing tends to come um, from it, agents. It tends to come from agents, but it also can come from the NHL Players Association. <clears throat> Excuse me, a lot of the... So it, it doesn't National sound like you're and, you're certain it's going to go through that. No, I, I mean, there's there's more than smoke on this. Um, and if you had someone as prominent as Patrick Hornquist have his name out like this, uh, you'd have the Penguins making an effort to, to stamp it out, uh, and they're not doing that. They did make an effort yesterday to stamp out the, the Brian Rust nonsense, so I think they would have done the same thing today. So I, I think that there's there's something legitimate here, but there might be more to it, and it might not be as simple as it sounds player for player. Think about it, Mark. There's a lot going back and forth here in terms of salary, future Oh, commitment. no, I, I think it's a pretty even trade in terms of salary, cap, everything. Right, but when you it is for three years, but then after that, Mike Matheson is around for three more years. So I, I think you might see something where there'd be some kind of cap space uh, adjustment on the Panthers' part. Heaven knows the, the Panthers always have cap space to give. So I, I, we'll see. Uh, uh, but if you're asking me right now if I believe that it's going to go through, the well, answer is yes. Well, and let's say the trade is made. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's your impression on losing Hornquist and getting Matheson? Well, they're two very different impressions. Uh, one, I'll spare everybody the sappy stuff, but I feel like it's respectful to to underscore what Patrick Hornquist has meant to the Pittsburgh Penguins franchise. Uh, well, has meant, not does mean. I said has meant. Okay. Uh, a, a tremendous two-time champion who scored one of the great goals, one of the great moments in Pittsburgh sports history over the 16 championships that the city has had. Uh, it's hard to find moments that are that specific as his goal in Nashville. Um, and I, I feel like saying that with respect. Uh, that said, I know that you and I agree that his speed – or lack thereof, or the fact that he was banged up because of all the beatings that he willingly, eagerly took in front of the other team's net, uh, slowed him down and made him not a fit for the way that Mike Sullivan prefers to play the game. Uh, he played the game, uh, has played the game hard, and he used to play it faster than he does. Right, and now just not fast enough. Not fast enough. Because of age, and, and no other reason. And, and he's beat up, but that came with age. Yeah, and I guarantee you wherever it is that he's going to go, he's still going to have an impact because that's what he is. But I don't know that that, that, that's, that, that would have been here. Um, Mike Matheson is a strange case. Um, he's got decent size. He's a mean SOB. He does some nasty things on the ice. Uh, sometimes ill-advised. But he's not physical. Isn't that weird? Yeah, he's Isn't kind of weird. He's, As I chipping, say, it's a he's strange not physical. Case. Yeah, he's not. He, he, he's skilled. He's fast. I mean, but every I, now I, and then he loses his gourd and just goes and and takes somebody out. But but I think his skill set and skating make him a, a decent fit. That said, I think he's bottom pair. Uh, I'm not sure if this puts Jack Johnson in the press box or on another team, but that's certainly what, at a glance, you would think. Although 
I'm not ruling out them trading Pedersen. I don't know why I say that. You know. But, but I think they might equate Matheson with Pedersen. No, I think you. You're sure? You, no, I think you were you were onto something with a third pairing. The problem is, is that he doesn't fit with any third pairing that you could put together right now, which means that this move would lead naturally to some other move, uh, getting somebody right-handed. Uh, Matheson's done a little bit of the right side, but not much. Uh, when he was in Florida. No, he, he ain't going to play the right no, side. No, he's not. And I don't think you're going to have Yuso Rikal over there either. So th- there's, and it's not going to be Chad Ruedel. So there's there's a right-handed defenseman that's missing. It's obviously not going to be Justin Schultz. So uh, th- there's there's work to be done there. The other thing about Matheson, though, and I think this is important to stress, I think I've mentioned to you that I had a conversation with Jim Rutherford just a few days ago about the Dallas Stars and, right. and his impressions. Remember that? And I and I said that the number one thing that stood out to him was their their mobile defensemen and how they were moving the puck up. The Stars don't have exactly a kitty core up front. They have older guys. You know, when you look at who those guys are, uh, not necessarily ancient, but older. The reason the Stars are doing what they're doing is because they have John Klingberg, Asa Lindell, Miro Heiskanen. Uh, Jamie Alexiak had a wonderful playoff uh, for Dallas. Four guys that are just moving the puck up, moving the yep, puck up. Yep. Jim spoke those words to me as if he were almost jealous. Do you know what I'm talking about in that intonation? He, where he, got, he understood why Dallas was doing what they're doing. So as soon as I heard that Hornquist was traded, my very first thought before seeing the return was he got himself a mobile defenseman. The question is, what can they make out of him? You know? Well, will he be better here than there? Will he be? That's up to Todd Reardon, right? I think it's up to Mike Matheson more than anybody. Uh, it is. Uh, and sometimes being a better fit can turn a guy around. Because Florida, their organization what lacked. What are they, right? What well, are the Florida Panthers? Right, they had no they identity. They lacked organization right. in their organization. And they constantly so, change coaches and, and everything else. Well, uh, and I think that's why they got Hornquist. They wanted a winner. They wanted that kind of guy, that that style player as well. Yeah, because I think the Panthers always think that they're closer than they really are, so they might see Hornquist the way the Penguins did when they got him. Um, and, and whatever, I'm not worried about the Florida Panthers, but I think Mike Matheson is the kind of guy, look, if you've seen the highlights today, I mean, the dude can fly. I mean, this isn't somebody. This isn't like somebody who's just a little bit fast. I wouldn't call them highlights. I'd call them video. But yes, I did see them. You know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, he can skate. Yeah, he can really, no really question. move. And, and that's the biggest reason I'm sure that they got him. Now, Rutherford wants the Penguins to be younger and hungry. We've often heard that. But but right now, Poulin and Pierre Olivier Joseph are blocked by veterans. I mean, blocked. You know, in POJ's case, by like five guys now. I had Jonathan Bomboli on earlier today, and he said that Jim has a different version of younger and hungrier. To him, that's a 23-year-old Kapanen and a 26-year-old Matheson. But I, I think that applies more accurately to guys like POJ and, and uh, Poulin. Yeah, I think that's fair. Again, can I throw in the Dallas Stars? I mean, look at the look at uh, you look at Yoel Kiviranta coming up. I mean, he's 24 years old, but he'd been in the AHL. Uh, he comes up, he scores a hat trick that puts the Stars <laughs> through to the next round, uh, and he's been continuously outstanding for them. Um, you do want players who have that, uh, but I, I think when, I, when I'm thinking of the Penguins in that regard, I'm not thinking so much of Poulin, uh, although he's very much in that uh, that mind frame, if you will, that hungry type. So is Nathan Legare, who won't make the team this winter, but I think Poulin has a real, not I think, I know Poulin has a really, really good chance of it. 
I'm thinking more along the lines of Sam Lafferty, Anthony Angelo. Um, you know, I think those are the guys that you have to kind of get involved in this. Oh, you know? Anthony Angelo stinks. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he does stink. He does stink. Right? And, and you use Sam that La- word way too easy. Way too, save that for our pirates segment today. Way too today. accurately, you mean. We're not doing a pirate segment today. See? Uh, Sam Lafferty's okay. He's okay. But uh, I'd like to see Poulan and Sam's, POJ. Sam's got more of a ceiling than what Mike Sullivan allowed him to show last season. He really does. I'm not so sure. But uh, to me, Poulan and POJ are the guys I want to put in there now. Uh, there's been rumors, and I know you've dispelled them, that the teams are mm-hmm. talking to Jim about Brian Russ. They are. They aren't. No, they have called him about Brian Russ. They for sure have. The Penguins are not taking calls on Brian Rust. That doesn't mean nobody called. Oh, hell, you and I could call. You want to call him right now and ask if we can have Brian Rust on our pickup See, team? I would trade Brian Rust. I wouldn't. I would trade him. He's, he, and I'm not a, a Rust hater, but he's at the high point of his value, and that clears a spot for Poulin. You got to take risk to get reward. I know, I know, I know, and 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 that one's that one's tough. But Rust is Rust, and, and I mean, I don't know. Rust is so perfect for what they do, though. Do you know what I'm saying? And what and what are you replacing him with? Somebody who's less perfect for it, or somebody who's going to take longer to get to it? I don't see the point in that one. Uh, I I do see the point in in in, in Hornquist. I do see the point in bringing in a mobile defenseman who you're obviously going to have to coach up and anchor. I think he's in the right place for that. Uh, not even necessarily so much because of Todd Reardon, but I think Mike Sullivan is going to be really, really good at that. Uh, they, they've been able to do that with other guys too. Headless chicken types, you know what I mean? Yuso Rikola actually kind of jumps to mind. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't be e- even thinking about stuff like that. I really wouldn't. Now, there's a rumor that they might uh, look at Christopher Tanov the Vancouver defenseman at free agency. Uh, and actually, I know for a fact that's true, that, that there is discussion there. What's your take on Tanev? How would he fit on that right side? I mean, how many defensemen do they need exactly? And I do like Tanev as a player, but it's one thing to partner Quinn Hughes. It's quite another to partner uh, Jack Johnson, or for that matter, Mike Matheson. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the first thing I'll say is that I've not heard Chris Tanev's name, but I also haven't heard that he isn't the way I did with Rust. Um Having a right-handed defenseman, Mark, it's got to happen. I mean, look at the way we've laid this out, okay? And if he's your third-pairing right defenseman and Mike Matheson's your third-pairing left defenseman and that cheer you just heard from everybody listening to this was I didn't mention Jack Johnson, but that's going to have to go too in some form or other. Um, You know, I think that's something that you can live with. Look, one thing about Tanev playing with Quinn Hughes in Vancouver is that you do learn how to play with someone who's like that, who's more the type to jump up and who might not be the most responsible defensively. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yes. We, we've seen that. We've seen guys become good at that. You want to drop a na- name drop one from the past? Randy Hillier was great at that yeah. when he was with the Penguins. He's so smart uh, and that, 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 that Hilly always found a way to just be the anchor guy. And he's there with Paul Coff. He's like, all right, that's fine. Go ahead, Coff. I'll be right here if you need me. Talking today on Kavachi, he's brought to you by Walnut Grill, American Eatery and Bar. Now, turning to the Steelers, mm-hmm. they threw 67% of the offensive plays against Denver, despite leading that game for 50 minutes. Is that throwing too much, and is that going to be a problem moving forward? I think it is. I think that's what Ben wants to do, period. It, it is, but then you just you kind of answered slash defeated your own question there, right? Because we can talk about what we think they should do. Oh no, it's still worthy of discussion, it, 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 though. Right, but it, and it's not—it's it's well, not going to happen. If they throw that much, they won't get to where they want to go. In fact, let, they have no chance to do however, that. However, let's remember that for the final drive, 
the, that was when Derek Watt finally did get out there as a fullback. And he also did get out there late, by the way, in the game against the Giants. And he throws the big block that leads to James Conner's uh, 59-yard cementing run. And all of a sudden, everything was okay. Um, Ben's no dummy. You know, Ben knows that when something works, it works. Uh, Mike Tomlin brought up what I thought was a very fair point yesterday in his press conference about this stuff where he said if you look at their four-minute drives when they have to eat time with the run, they've done it. Have they done it early enough? Did they do it soon well, enough on they, Sunday? They, they no. Should've, they should have done that. I mean, they threw at one point in the second half. Mm-hmm. 16 straight plays in the I second agree. half. I agree. And they and they didn't. And they, they went. They, they Ben gets into the shotgun. He's happier in the shotgun. We all know that. Uh, he drops back, and he's looking around for his targets. He was feeling pretty good about himself. I don't begrudge him that. Uh, but at the same time, when it isn't working, it isn't working. And when you're just handing the other team the ball, I'm not even talking about turnovers. I'm talking about punts and just, you know, with no clock expiring, you're begging for that to happen. You know, you're begging for Denver to come back regardless of uh, Jeff Driscoll being their QB. Is the defense playing great? I know they got the splash plays, the sacks, the takeaways, the quarterback hits. But they gave up 21 points Sunday against the second-string quarterback. That That's not to say that after two games we should draw any conclusions. It is to say that to this point they're a bit of a mixed bag. I looked at, uh, did some math. Denver averaged 14.6 yards per pass completion. Um, that stinks, okay, to use your term. Um, even if you think about it, Joe Hayden's interception came when he was way behind uh, Cortland Sutton and Cortland Sutton should have had a catch out of that one too. So right. even the, so you can even say that that one, I mean, look, give Joe credit. He came up with the ball and he had his return and everything, but, uh, I don't like the way their secondary has covered. I'm willing to give them a little bit of a pass in the sense that, you know, Mike Hilton spent pretty much the entire game up at the line of scrimmage. Terrell Edmonds went up to the line of scrimmage and sealed the win. But at the same time, you've got to be able to cover better than they have. Uh, the Giants beat them for a deep ball, uh, and the the Broncos beat them twice on deep balls. You can't have that happen against better quarterbacks. So, no, I haven't been crazy about the Steelers in the back. At the same time, excuse me, at the same time, I think we know other than Edmonds, they can cover. They can do better than they have. Steven Nelson certainly can do better than he has. Didn't even mention him. My worry is to stay with that. I think Hayden mm-hmm. might be aging a little bit. Yeah, I'm not ready. A little bit. We, we do that with every older player. Every time they have a bad game, you know why? We, we think they because eventually the we're line. right. Eventually, everybody's right about that. Yeah. Now, how much will the return of DeCastro mean against Houston? And do you have faith that he's okay? And if he does play, that this is more than just a one game to see what happens. Thing. Well, I'm not just saying this because you're sitting here, but your call on Kevin Dotson last week was pretty good. He was good. No, no, no! Your call was good. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, because he, because he, well, because he started four years in college. Yeah. Like, no, that's, people that's always look like it's people act like rookies are yeah. necessarily babes in the woods, and nothing about his demeanor and experience suggested that he wasn't raw going right. into that game. He was just asked to play football from a playbook that he'd spent the entire summer learning, whether it was Zoom calls or whatever, and he went out there and he just played football, and he did a really good, solid job. And by the way, so did Chooks. 
I'm always I'm hearing too much about Dotson and not enough Chooks. Chooks handled right tackle as well as anybody could have expected in that circumstance. And I understand. Well, yeah, that whole side of the line. I understand Denver didn't have Von Miller and everything else, and there's going to be taller tasks that they face down the road. Uh, DeCastro is he is what he is. He's an All Pro guard. Uh, I think he's I think he's going to make a difference, especially in the running game. Um, although I couldn't get the Steelers to bite on this when I brought it up. Uh, I don't get the impression that Kevin Dotson was running the full playbook, if you follow me. I don't know that they were doing a whole lot of stunting this and pulling that, uh, whereas DeCastro can do all kinds of fanciness for you, uh, especially as it relates to the running game. No, I, I think he helps. I just don't – I I flat out don't believe that he's going to play in the long term. I think he'll go in IR at some point. Dejan, he's barely practiced – this game just strikes me as a shot to see whether he can or can't. Yeah, I mean, you're reaching there. We don't know what his if it is. It's a really? knee. The, the it's way, a knee. The it's way a, the NFL presents injuries, I'm not reaching. It's a knee, uh, so nobody really knows what's going on in there. Nobody knows the status of any of the ligaments or anything like that. Something obviously had to have been wrong. And then second, being at the beginning of camp, and then secondly, once he resumed practicing and was taken right back out, we'll see. Look. One thing we learned this past Sunday is if DeCastro isn't available to go, they've got somebody. And that was a big, big W for the Steelers in and of itself. And finally, here's something that uh, was suggested that I, I dismissed at first, but now I'm thinking about. Would you move Filer to right tackle Sunday to play against J.J. Watt? Like last year when he got moved to left guard to play against Aaron yeah, Donald and, and did very well. Yeah, he did. That was more of a gimmicky thing because it wasn't just Filer. It was Filer and Pouncey. For the most part, double teaming AD. Um, you know, I've thought about it. I don't think that's fair to Filer. Uh, I would rather see if you're going to be doing something on JJ Watt. Let's see it done with the help of a tight end, uh, somebody chipping over there, slowing him down. I'd rather not see this offense, Mark, in general, coach to what's on the other side of the football. They have enough talent. The but Steelers they did last do. year in a key situation, and it worked. They did, but that's a key situation where it's Aaron Donald, and there's no answers for him. And J.J. Watt's not Aaron oh, Donald. Oh, Fowler did okay against Aaron career. Donald. I thought he was terrific. I yeah. said that they made that adjustment because it was Aaron Donald. That's an extraordinary circumstance for me. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know that J.J. is that. I probably Although he's coming off two sacks himself. I probably so. wouldn't do it, but given how it worked against Donald, it's, it's a suggestion I don't lightly dismiss. I, I got an idea. Put Derek Watt out there. Come on, that'd be awesome. You know, you know what I called. You know what I called Derek White yesterday. Wingback, Co- Cooper Manning, Billy Plager. I don't get it. I'll explain. That's Dejan Kovacevic. What is a pirate segment, man? We're out of time. Ask Mark anything. Four one two three 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 WXDX. Dejan brought to you by Walnut Grill. But ask Mark anything now. Four one two three 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 WXDX.